it's the real life living on Caprica. We're protected by the Battlestar Galactica. To our surprise, look up to the skies and see. I really want to listen to this whole thing, but we got a show to do. Hello, everybody. I was going to say, why don't we just put that on loop for an hour and a half and call it a night? <laughs> we could. All right. Hello, everybody. This is 40 Going On 14. I am Mike. I'm Patrick. I'm muted. <laughs> uh, when he's not muted, he's Joel, and I'm Josh. I've been looking at a way to broaden our appeal to the internet community, and I've discovered Tumblr. Before you know it, at anime cons, they'll be doing cosplays of Joel. On the internet, they'll be writing disturbing slash fanfiction of Mike and Pat, shipping them until they eventually get together into a homoerotic fury. And then it'll culminate with a crappy animated gift of me and Grumpy Cat. I think it's going to be a big hit. What have I agreed to? <laughs> what, you Why should... do I feel like I need a shower right now? <laughs> yeah, you need to read the fine print on the terms and conditions. I'm sneaky. <laughs> ah, shit. That is that fine print. Look it'll, at be, it. it'll be just like Elizabeth's wedding all over again. It, it, it must work out. That's some fine print. We scarred so many people. <laughs> you should have seen the look on the 10-year-old kid's face that was sitting at my table. You should have seen the look on the pastor's face. And I still can't believe that Richard Gere was there. He's always there. You guys know what we did at my sister's wedding, right? You know, I remember the story being told, but I think I've blocked it out. <laughs> They they did this thing, you know. My sis, they you know they bang on the glass. Somebody they make them kiss, right? Well, they had an idea. They're going to pull a uh, name of a couple out of a hat, and they have to kiss. And my sister and brother in law had to kiss in whatever way they did. So two people stand on a chair, and they would have to do the same thing. They pull the name out. Everybody bangs in the glass. They pull the name out of the hat, and they go Michael and Patrick. And both of us get up there, and we stand in the middle of the dance floor, and everybody's laughing with this, you know, oh God, we got you. Little did they know <laughs> that Pat and I are exactly the type of people to do a full open mouth kiss with each other on the dance floor at my sister's re- wedding reception. And you've never heard laughter stop as quickly as it did. <laughs> the best part it was is, like a scene out of is that love. The- we just like wouldn't rush right up <laughs> and just grab you by the, by the jaw. And we like, yeah, it was just like, and, and we went, went up there and we had that moment where we kind of looked at each other like, we're going to do this, aren't we? <laughs> I think we and, were gonna kiss, and I we, we like started kissing, and then and then you just kind of went. Uh, I was like, okay, I guess we're going for it. Well, well, the thing is, is that the pastor was walking into the reception at that <laughs> moment, and later on he came over and he goes, you know, for a second I thought I was in the wrong building, <laughs> <laughs> and then I saw it was you. You guys put your own names into the goblet of fire, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> That's why we have beards. Yeah, so I went back and sat down at my table next to Angela, and she's just like, I'm gonna need something more to drink. <laughs> <laughs> By that time, my brother had gone fetal. Yeah. Well, welcome to the show, folks, and that little glimpse into my our background. So that's yeah. I'll never bring up slash fanfic again. Yeah, 
yeah. <laughs> also, don't dare us to do anything either. That's, we all yeah. know, we all know better that than to do that. Oh, I saw who yeah. who went out in the snow naked or in their underwear. That was Uki. Oh, that was Uki. I, mean, yeah. I made him do. Yeah, I, I, I made him do naked snow angels. <laughs> Speaking of which, Mike, what are you doing right I mean, now? Right now, I'm looking at what happened this week. In 1978. Which is... is <laughs> I'm going to fill that in for you while you click around madly. When I click around and I click around, the volume was down. <laughs> this week in... Music. Movies. And TV. Like a a well-oiled machine around here. (laughs) They come for the professionalism. (laughs) So this week in movies, Coming Home in 1978 is the number one movie at the box office. That was one of the first Vietnam War movies. Oh, I thought that was one of those where you had like a cat and a dog and they become friends as they're trying to walk home. No, that's Milo and Otis. No, that's Homeward Bound. (laughs) No, that's Homeward Homeward Bound. Bound. Yeah, that's the one. Which I would love to see them do Coming Home with a dog and a cat. Two dogs and a cat, because then the cat could be Jane Fonda, and then John Voight and Bruce Dern could be two dogs. I think we could do <laughs> and, that. And, and, one, and one dog has to walk around with his paw in a sling. Aww. And the other dog has to be Ooh, in a wheelchair. Can we have Richard Gere play like a squirrel or something? <laughs> no, Richard Gere was in the terrible. first one, so it's... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he could be the gerbil in the ball. <laughs> so anyway, I have never I seen this movie. I this show. Yeah. Richard Gere. Yeah, Richard Gere has somehow he, replaced Mr. No Nos over the yeah, last. Yeah, I don't know what like, happened. Oh, no one can I don't replace know. Mr. No No. <laughs> I'm eternal. <laughs> Get in the windowless van. Oh, I've missed Mr. No Nos. <sighs> I've missed you, Patrick. So, uh, music <laughs> number one. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sitting here going, man, this is going to be an easy intro. We have nothing to talk about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, right. Uh, number one song was With a Little Luck by Paul McCartney and Wings. Uh, lots of disco was oh, 1978. Yeah. Dysock, yeah. <laughs> Dysock. <laughs> I assumed it was disco. I was Thank curious what Dysock was. But also, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy mm-hmm. is transmitted on BBC Radio 4, which I have listened to Don't several times. I was going to say, I know I made a Douglas Adams reference not like 20 minutes ago because we were bullshitting. Now I can't remember what it was. I don't. I don't recall I don't it either. either. I never. I've seen it or read it. I don't think. You, I don't think. You All did. right. Sorry. Have you guys heard the uh, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy uh, oh. radio play? Oh yeah, I'm, I'm a huge fan of all things Douglas Adams. Still got my oh, leather bound yeah. edition of the first four volumes of the trilogy. Nice. I still have my copy of uh, Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency, which is awesome. Um, next week in 1978. The Beatles spoof. The oh, okay. I'm like, why would? Yeah, I know, but he. The, oh, the, Be- the Beatles spoof. The Beatles spoof. Pat doesn't show notes. I'm yeah. like, the Beatles spoof. The Beatles. But the I was wondering why. I was trying to remember what the Beatles spoofed. No. <laughs> Rudels. All you need is cash. Is a spoof of the Beatles. Airs on NBC with uh, many of the members of Monty mm-hmm. Python. Which is pretty dang funny. And on the news, uh, this is in uh, March 6, nineteen seventy-eight. Larry Flint was put into a wheelchair. Permanently. Yes. Yes. They couldn't, they couldn't kill like, Dice. Crippled by a sniper. I was going to say, put in a wheelchair. So he decided he liked it, so he had somebody shoot him. Well, they couldn't <laughs> kill Dysock, so they tried to kill him. Uh-huh. Oh. Tied Dysock. That was the 60s. And inflicted the world with the People versus Larry Flint. Eventually. Where we discovered that Courtney Love can act, so now she's got to be everywhere. What was the name of the... Uh, okay, I used to read Hustler when I was a kid. 
You just scared the crap out of me. I looked over I my said, shoulder. I used to read Hustler a lot as a kid. I, Courtney Love is in my basement. I loved us. Well, she could be with all the shit I got down here. If you got a drug, she'll be there. She's like a drug-sniffing dog. I was a big fan of Hustler. And I can't think of, what was the name of his amateur contest where they'd send in Beaver a hunt. Polaroid? Beaver Hunt. Thank you. Yep. Yeah. You're welcome. All things porn come to me. <laughs> That's not true. That's me. Yeah. Uh, we'll take a vote. Raise your Time hand. Time for well. a porn down. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, we should talk about that on the show. Old school porn versus new porn. Talk about I am I am for it, but I don't know if I'm anybody would it. want to download that. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, know about yeah. that. You download it, it's all free. I know there's a not safe for work tag I can put on the podcast, but I don't know if there's a stay the fuck away tag I can <laughs> put on the podcast. I don't know podcast. if I want to do that show, but I will research the hell out of it. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, guess what else? I think oh, the whole episode would just be this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like her too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are they applauding? <laughs> Yes, they're that's what they're doing. Fast. That's the sound of I one hand clapping. Okay, we got a voicemail. Yay. We got a voicemail from across the country and the oh. pond. And the depending the on globe, which way you maybe? go, it is from across the globe. Yes, from our our friend in Australia, uh, Killa Wilba. Killa Wilba, who is the host of the Coffin Joe Cast. He has this to say: "Good day, Mike, Josh, Pat, and um, what's his name? Um, the other guy. Yeah, yeah, I can't think of his name right now. But anyway, this is Killa Wilba here." And um, I'm from Australia, as you may have guessed from my accent. Um, just want to let you guys know how much I'm enjoying the show. I uh, love the A-Team episode. I love pretty much every episode you've done. Um, just a quick voicemail to say, yeah, love the show. And um, also to promo my show a little. Um, I pretended I didn't know he, who the other bloke was. But yes, that's Joel. And me and Joel do a show called The Coffin Joe Cast which comes out pretty much the same time your show does. But, yes, we've had Mike on for one show and um, hoping to get Pat maybe one day and Josh more than welcome to come and join us. But, yes, just want to let you know how much I enjoy your show and I hope you can come and enjoy our show. Don't forget it. That's the Coffin Joe cast with Killer Wilbur and Joe. All right. That was, that's, that's what a positive comment <laughs> sounds like. Like that other douchebag who <laughs> tells us we're mediocre. No, he said adequate. <laughs> Adequate. Okay, we're adequate. So yeah, so that is uh, Killer Wilbur, and he does the Coffin Joe cast, which With is me. really and good. And Mike was a guest two weeks ago. Yeah. Yes. We discovered that Joel knows nothing I about Australia. Really don't. Everything wants to kill you. That's all you so, need to know. Yeah. Did so. he warn you about the drop bears? Mm-hmm. He did. And their toilets flush backwards. And their money is called dollars. Who knew? Joel, honestly, God, did not know that. <laughs> It was just like halfway through the cast. I'm like, are you kidding me? And I found out this week that their ATMs start out at $20 increments. So you can't get like $10 or any change out. You have to start at 20 bucks. That's everywhere. It is there too, but it comes out backwards. (laughs) It comes out backwards. Yeah. It does. Comes out upside down. Oh, Oh, my God. Holy shit. They're still called ATMs Uh, because they're Australian telemachines. That's not true. Anyway, what are we talking about? (laughs) We are talking about Battlestar Galactica today. Oh, we are? And, uh. What's Robocop? We are. Aw, oh, damn it. <laughs> well, we gotta go back now. Rewind. Well, Battlestar Galactica came out in 1978. Speaking of which, so did Pat. And, uh, Battlestar Galactica came out in 2004. We are gonna chit chat about, obviously, the one that came out first. The, um,. Battlestar Galactica 1978. Here, let me give you a rundown on the, on the plot and everything before we, uh, get into the chatter. 
as soon as I get to the right page. Let's see. Last major colonial fighter carries a makeshift fleet of human refugees on a desperate search for the legendary planet Earth. There was a three-part opening, three-part premiere for it, starring Richard Hatch, Lauren Green, Dirk Benedict. Don't forget they had Jane Seymour was in the, the show. Uh, who else did I see? on? Mm-hmm. Oh, Ed Begley Jr. I kept looking for him. I didn't recognize and- him. No, because I think he was oh. like when we had to been like maybe fifteen and uh, yes, Rick Springfield. Rick Springfield. Yeah. yeah, he played the younger brother, Zach. Yep, Zach. And Ed Begley Jr. played Flight Sergeant Greenbean. <laughs> Spoiler alert: Rick Springfield doesn't appear in many episodes. <laughs> Not past here. So, so yeah, so uh, that's that's pretty much it. The Earth is just. I mean, the uh, Battlestar Galactica is searching for the planet Earth after the twelve colonies are destroyed. Um, Lauren Green and his eyebrows lead these this ragtag uh, bunch of ships throughout the universe, trying to find Earth in order to save the human race. So we watched the premiere of it. How many episodes did you guys get? It. There's three forty nine minute episodes. And I watched the, that's what I watched those three. Yeah. yeah, I watched all three of those too. Josh, uh, I'm a huge fan of Battlestar Galactica. When we first started talking about doing this show, I had uh, I was majorly in favor because uh, because I knew I was a huge fan of the reboot, and I knew none of you guys had really seen it. I was not as familiar with the '78 original. The, uh, my most clear memories of Battlestar Galactica come from uh, having traveled to Universal Studios in the early 80s when they actually had uh, the, uh, the Battle for Galactica as part of their tram ride. What? And my parents attempted to convince me that that was Star Wars, and I was like, that's totally not Star Wars. <laughs> But uh, I actually went back from this hazy... Even back then you were a a snob. You're like, that's not Star Wars. (laughs) It was pretty obviously not Star Wars. It's like Darth Vader does not have a light on his head that goes back and forth. (laughs) Nor does does the leader look like broccoli. But, I mean, my parents didn't know. I mean, they're like, it's all weird stuff. And there's lasers going. It's Star Wars. Shut up. I actually went back and found a YouTube clip of that original uh, Universal Studios ride, uh, so it wasn't some weird drug-induced haze. <laughs> yeah, it was actually a family reunion. You were just on acid. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. Here, Josh, we're taking you to a park today. Here, have a Felix. <laughs> I was shocked and they'd leave him in watching the back. these uh, original episodes at how many of the themes and small details got uh, put into the reboot. And I'm coming at it from the opposite direction, where I'll I'll have a lot to say about the reboot, because I've watched the entire 2004 series, all of the seasons, uh, I want to say three times now. But I think that I have been inspired now seeing uh, how many of those elements, even small details, translated in slightly different ways into the reboot, and I was actually impressed with the scripting and the special effects, not so much the acting. I have been converted to a fan of the original series, and I think I'm going to watch all 24 episodes uh, in the coming weeks. Nice. I, I remember sitting in the living room at our wood-paneled television and watching this when it first came out and just being enraptured with it. I mean, it's for a TV show, the effects were fantastic. I mean, it looks on the looks like in the trivia that I had uh, put up here that they had spent almost millions on making everything look well, like that. 
that was the thing that was impressed me because I haven't watched it since probably <clears throat> I don't know when. It's been a very very long time. And when it first started, I was like, think about what Star Wars was when it came out and what it looked like. And then you watch this show that's on television. It's a weekly series or will be soon. And it was really right on par with what Star Wars was. And I was I was really kind of taken aback because I thought it would be much cheesier. And I kept having to tell myself this was 1978 because it really looked, to me, looked that good. I mean, it was still, it was dated, obviously, but I was impressed. Yeah, I mean, especially when you get to the attack on Caprica. I, I was looking at it as like on a TV <clears throat> budget, like this kicked the crap out of anything I saw in early Star Trek shows. Exactly. Yeah, very good point. Oh, yeah. I mean, this the effects in this, I say, were they were looking just as good as, like, Star Trek Next Generation. And the ships? Dude. The fighters? Oh. oh, the Vipers are honestly are one of the coolest I, ships ever. I had the, oh, I had one of the damn. toys. You must have been a rich kid. I didn't have yeah. one. I didn't no, have you one. you were the rich I kid. I had a I had Cylon. To beat up a rich I had one Cylon, it. and that was it. Yep. Just the figure? That was it. Oh, and wow. I loved it. I, I still have a bunch of my Battlestar Galactica figures, actually. Okay, somebody who's a, a, a nerd can maybe confirm this. I thought I had read somewhere that the guy that designed the Cylons is the same guy that designed Knight Riders, the, the kit car. And I'm not just saying that because they both go when they have the thing in their face, but I had read that somewhere, I thought. Somebody look it up and confirm it. I'm, I'm on it. I think, I'm, usually that's Josh me when my hands it. are cold, so they're in my pants, my pockets. <laughs> All right. So, um, oh wait, we're not doing the porn show this week, sorry. <laughs> no, 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 we're not doing the porn show. I like in this one, well, one, like Josh was saying, I'm going the opposite direction as him because I had actually never seen the remake until we watched this. And I'm, I'm doing the exact same thing where I have to, I'm going to have to watch all the, all the episodes because they're, first off, the, every character makes it from the old show to the new show. You've got your Baltar, you've got your Apollo, you've got your Starbuck, all in different versions. And I say an Adama by any other name, Adama across both of them is a badass. Lauren Green is a badass in this. I mean, he's just, in the opening sequence when they're going to the, uh, the peace talks, they had a fancy word Summit. for it. I don't Summit, know. maybe. I don't know. The they do the way they're going in there. It's just like, yeah, the Accord. When he go, they're going in for the Accord and how he is just completely suspicious of everything going into it. And then his, of course... Do we do we call spoilers from something over yes, three decades ago? Yes, I have that original thing I just commented on about the Cylons and Kit. But go ahead, spoilers. Oh, okay, spoilers. After his son gets killed, and the president is—I mean, it's—they rush headlong into the destruction a lot faster than they. Oh, we'll talk song. about the next one. They rush headlong into it. But what about Patrick? What about him? What about Patrick? What did Patrick <laughs> think about Battlestar Galactica in well, when I was a kid, I, I remember watching the show and liking it, um, and kind of like um, being enraptured by it, like like you said earlier too, you know, um, and just loving it. I was too young to actually remember much about it. I just remember loving it. I remember having some of the toys and everything and playing with them and stuff. So it was really interesting to watch it again. But that was about <clears throat> where the where the fun stopped. I, I honestly I didn't really care for it. I mean, it just. It was so bad. It's just so bad. The acting is awful. Well, <laughs> it, anybody oh, that told that Dirk Benedict he could act needs to be shot. Aww. Yeah, the acting's cool. pretty poor. I thought the <laughs> script was okay, but the acting was not, not great. It's a cool yeah. concept. Well, it's 1978. I mean, this was high drama for... I mean, for a sci-fi show in 1978, this is pretty good stuff. But not like we had a lot yeah, of pickings just, back then. I don't know. I thought it could have been a lot better. But I mean... The effects, I, I will say, for their time were pretty good. But I thought, I thought as, as cool as they looked, the Vipers, they, they, they moved way too stiff, I thought. 
How'd you expect? I don't it to know. Move? I mean, more like an F fourteen rather than just like a something that is on a stick, which is what it was. Okay. Well, let's look at the other shows that were popular at the time: Dallas, Different Strokes, Taxi, WKRP in Cincinnati, The Incredible Hulk, Mark and Mindy. Ta, 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 top Gear. And this, wow, and this, this show had better special yeah. effects than all those shows. Yeah, he's got a point. The spaceships in Dallas look like shit. <laughs> they did, really. Wow. Well, okay, I think, Joel, I'm getting your point here. Is that, the, you know, it's not like the bar was set yeah, real high back then. I mean, the only other quote unquote sci fi show on there well, is Morgan and Mindy. Incredible Hulk was sort of space sci fi. Sort of sci fi. I don't know. Well, it's definitely sci fi. Yeah. It's just not like, you know, space based. Space. Yeah. Space sort sci-fi. Of. Well, it's just, yeah, it's, it's it's a comic book show, but it's based in kind of a science fiction. Right. Uh, superheroes are one of the things that is traditionally bundled in with sci-fi. It's it's a subgenre, like right. fantasy, even horror. Just so. for cataloging purposes and stuff? Sure. So going back to my yeah. original thing here, Kit's scanner is similar to that of the Cylons from the science fiction series Battlestar Galactica. Glenn A. Larson, the creator of both Knight Rider and Battlestar Galactica, has stated that the two shows have nothing else in common, and to remove any fan speculation, he stated in the Season 1 Knight Rider DVD audio commentary that he simply refused reused the scanning light for Kit because he liked the effect. So they were tied together because of that, because of the same same guy. So the, so he's basically lazy and didn't want to come up with a new <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> so, cool. Oh, you're going to pay me to do that again? All right, yeah, well, I'll do it again. <laughs> but look, it carried over. Well, they were still It carried over cool. into the remake of Knight Rider and into the remake of Battlestar Galactic. It was like part of the... What's iconic, of course. Mythos. I, I had forgotten that the Cylons carried I swords. I did, too. I don't, recall, I don't recall the Centurion. Well, I mean, you know, supposing that they're using the... You know, they are called Centurions. It, it would have swords, but I, I mean, I didn't expect them when they were going to kill Baltar... In the uh, in the third episode, I was not expecting them to draw a sword. I was right. expecting somebody to shoot him so, or so something. That means, or, so, so that means there's but, somewhere in in one of those alien bases, one of the Cylon bases, there are robots making swords from That's other kind robots. Of awesome. Wow! Yeah, yeah. All right, let's get a little trivia on this one. They didn't want to get too close to Star Wars, so that's why they had the Imperious leader. Instead of the that's Imperial a, leader. That's way different. Well, let's see. The Cylons, Glenn Larson, he uh, created the show. He wanted them to be huge, over six feet tall, so all the Cylons in the show are out of work. Uh, no way. Uh, and like we had been talking about Buck Rogers in the before show, before we started recording, um, props for this series were recycled that's for Buck awesome. Rogers I in the 25th century. That was true, but that's awesome. <laughs> and, yeah. yeah. And Patrick, dissing on Dirk Benedict. He modeled his character on James Garner. Well, that and explains it then. Because <laughs> James Garner can't act with the shit either. Mr. Maverick. I, <laughs> the one thing that stuck out of my head that when I saw it again, it, it was even cheesier now, was the, the helmet lights. You know, it's the same guide lighting that he used to uh, walk in the movie theater. Like you see yeah, the lights yeah, the against lighting. the... Right. That they use <laughs> in the helmet. I, mm-hmm. I noticed it made them almost look Egyptian. Yeah, and, that and I wondered if that was on purpose because they even referenced, you know, Egyptians well, being one of the people that settled. Well, look Earth, at, and I thought if they were look at the helmets of the uh, of the fighters. What we're talking about, yeah, yeah. Well, oh, I thought you were talking, talking about the silence. and everything, and it was very yeah. much based on an Egyptian. Kind uh, of. I thought I thought they might be like you know, kind of subconsciously saying this is the group that landed on Earth and and started the Egyptians. And blah blah blah. This is also the first weekly television series budgeted at over a wow, million dollars per episode. Quite a budget. In that was 1978, like $10 it was an huge. That's a lot of nuts. It was all for special effects. They also wound up reusing a lot of the effects footage, like the launching of the Vipers was the exact well, same yeah. footage every single time. Did you time. know that on Life Goes On that they used Corky was they had lots of special effects? 
Wow. Damn it, I'm going to hell. Okay, so um, you're saying. But, see, what, I don't know where you're going with better this. Is, is say that, you know, the guy who played Corky got murdered <laughs> and his pam- family came to the police station, they would give him their special effects. These are his special effects. Wow. <laughs> that was even worse. <laughs> Did you hear that? That was a thousand people all <laughs> logging off right now. So that's I what wonder that sound what that was. budget's like in wood screws uh, per week. <laughs> <laughs> Don Johnson was up for the part of Starbuck, but he lost out because he had a southern accent. Oh, come on. I don't know how to do it, Don That's what it says. Muffy? Moffat. The robot dog? Is that his name? Moffat. No, he was, was, a, he was a Daggett. But I thought his name was Moffat. Moffat. Yeah, Moffat. Like Moffat. Damn you, Moffat. Moffat, yes. It no, was it was a chimpanzee not. in a suit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look at, I read this That's and I true. was like, bullshit. But, you, you can tell but if then you watch I started I wondered how they did yeah. that when I was watching it the first episode. I'm yeah. like, hey, it's Mo- it's Moffat, the, the Daggett. Well, he wasn't like a real Daggett. Anyway, I, and I was like, how does that work? I was kept thinking to myself, like, Warwick Davis was in there or something. Or Trained chimps. Yeah. That's nuts. Trained chimps, which I am amazed that we didn't have any sort of, like, trained chimp goes fucking berserk and kills, kills Benedict. Who names her kid Boxy? Jane Seymour does, yeah. apparently, before she's a medicine woman. She was that, uh, that was his nickname. Indeed. But what what mm. use is that stupid dog except for running away and getting boxy and lost all the time? Because it's like the opposite him. of Lassie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's called a exactly. plot and that's device. All that thing is is just a big yeah. MacGuffin. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, after what happened to his his first crushed by a building. Who the thing? My dog. <laughs> oh, that, this life is so rough. Yeah. <laughs> the kid oh, took yeah, it well, though. Went, I mean, he's like, I'm sorry, my dog is dead. Is he my new daddy? <laughs> boxy Brown. You know what bothered me the most watching the show, though, was was I don't was the, the the just completely unnecessary use of yeehaw all the time. What? Everybody, all all these pilots, every time anything they got oh. any kind of news, they yeehaw. I'm like, Wait. nobody does that. That's Wait, not a thing. you're from Texas and a wrestling fan, and all the yeehaws <laughs> bother you because that's not real. <laughs> nobody goes yeehaw. Okay, that's so like, they can only say if you're that in is. that nobody says yeehaw. Josh, did you notice oh, them yeah. saying frack? Yeah. Well, uh, I'm so confused. <laughs> Am I crushing you, no, letting you know that nobody so what, down here in Texas says yeehaw? Because that's uh, not true. Yes, it is. We don't run around saying yeehaw. Our, our stereotypes of Texas are I, coming apart at the seams. <laughs> I don't know what's real anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's still a whole other country, so don't worry about it. If you're stupid. <laughs> I had to do it because I haven't done it in person in a while. That's why I set you up. I love you, Pat. Now knock me down, baby. <laughs> so plot wise what do you think i love it i mean I, I i love the whole concept you know i mean just the the whole you know humanity on the run trying to save their their existence from the higher power that can crush them very easily it's 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 compelling right and it wasn't like just a couple yeah. people either you know like you know like just a couple people that are like lost in space or something like, oh you well, know like one ship or whatever yeah it was right like, they this has been described as wagon train yeah, in space. I would, I would, uh, you know, putting Lauren Green at the head of it. Cylon, the Cylons are Indians. That kind of work, which... Did you see the dots? Oh, see what no, you no, did no, there? Feathers, That's feathers, terrible. Feathers, not dots. Yeah. Oh. Like, Pat, you got the history. That's okay. Terrible, so racist. He's from Texas. Yeah. It's a whole other country, apparently. Now, that is something that's a real stereotype. There's a lot of racist stuff. Well, NASCAR is popular, so, you know, they really? believe in racing. So, a lot of racists. Yes. See what it did there? As a racing purist, a racist... <laughs> Oh, I've lost. I've so anyway, lost control. I, I was I going back and watching it. I was very impressed overall. Uh, you're right that the acting was a little ham fisted and the script w- was definitely overly dramatic. It was, you know, kind of college 
level writing of a one act play or something. But the special effects were cool, minus when the ships blew up. The sound effects were cool. The robots were cool. The ships were damn cool. And the whole concept was enough to keep you going. Whether you had broccoli headed bad guys or not, the overall concept was cool as hell. And it was, I thought it was well executed for the time. If you take into consideration what else came out, and even in the theaters at that point, that was, that was a space drama mm-hmm. or a space epic. It really, I mean, it, it held itself against those, I think, personally. Oh, I think it did too, especially like you said, the pickings were pretty damn slim at this time. So it wasn't like there was a what, hell of a lot of things to choose from in the way the of sci fi. Oh, 70, oh, 81. Wow. There you go. That, that was Disney, too. Did I hit? Yeah. Um, Did I get oh, I 79. Still, that was Disney. They had a big okay. ass, but they were big. They're big. Yeah. Well, I remember, that was a great movie. I love that movie. Huh. <laughs> Let's talk about that. <laughs> oh, it's a comparable newer movie. <laughs> it isn't an original idea. In fact, Glenn Larson, uh, the uh, creator of it, I mean, he went on to do Knight Rider. He did uh, Magnum P.I. He did Auto Man. I think he also had Auto Man part, Wait, part of the yeah, was in there. That explains why his mustache went. And it went back and forth. That totally explains it now. <laughs> what? Oh, you don't remember Auto Man? I was talking about Magnum P.I. I do. We talked about Auto Man. With um, Auto Man with um, Desi <laughs> Arnaz Jr.? Yeah, I'm with Pat on this. There's all these words that are happening, and I can't connect them to anything. We talked about Auto Man. I even sent a picture out. We talked about Auto Man, where he, he the this guy downloads from the computer, and he has this cursor that floats around cursor. with him. Okay, yeah, creates... I vaguely remember a YouTube yeah, video of some sort of insanity. Yeah, I still have no idea. And he draws about. a car. No. No? I mean, no. it was no animal. what is, <laughs> really. <laughs> but... Seriously, Man, they got to remake Animal. But I this guy, I mean, Manimal. this guy, he had his hand in <laughs> Buck Rogers in the 25th century. Manimal, BJ and the Bear, Harlan Ellison. He called him Glenn Larsony because he stole ideas from other shows, uh, saying that Battlestar Galactica was ripped off from Star Wars. The Fall, like guy, the Fall guy, which I loved. I liked the Fall guy, and I thought the Fall guy was better. They said he ripped it off from Hooper, and then he made Auto Man I'm after Tron lie, this, came this out. Auto Man looks and, awful. It was. It was I only on it. for a very short time. To be time. fair to Glenn Larson, if you go back and look at Harlan Ellison's writings, he does an awful lot of bitching about other creators. You, you could just Google uh, Harlan Ellison complains, and uh-huh. you would get a wide variety of different things that he bitched about. Josh, seeing that you're the one who's watched all the the remakes of the Battlestar Galactica, how true, looking at this Starbuck, how does he compare to the oh, new that's, Starbuck? Uh, some of the other characters, the and I actually think she's—I think she's I beg more of a to badass, differ. to tell you the truth. Having seen <laughs> yeah. the entire series, Dirk Benedict was pretty much a troll. I mean, he was—he yeah. was doing the face well, thing again, where he wanted to like play this character who's a man's man and who like smokes cigars and plays cards. But I mean, really, when it came down to it, I, I can't remember seeing him do anything that was particularly badass, besides like try and act like he's. Mr. Guy. Well, that's all we needed back then. I mean, he, he was face. I mean, he was Starbuck and he was face. He played the same character in both of them, just yeah. wearing a different uniform. Richard Hatch, overtly concerned as Captain Apollo. He was concerned about the kid and the, the mom. He was concerned about the ship. He's concerned about his dad. He was the big well, and emotional Hatch dude. Richard Hatch is the actor that plays a major role in both series. You okay. guys hadn't gotten to his introduction in his new character 
as Tom Zarek in the 2004, but Richard Hatch plays a major role uh, as Apollo in the original as Tom Zarek in the remake. John Kolakos as Baltar, the traitor. And when he it comes to the stuff. differences between Count Baltar and Gaius Baltar, I'm, I've got many, many thoughts on that, but I'm going to save them for the second half of the show because, uh, yeah, Gaius is a very different character. Yes. They don't even really, I mean, in the, yes. in, the origin, in the pilot, the original three episodes we watched, give any kind of real motivation for why he did what he did in the, in the original series. You get this vague sense that he was, like, being bullied. That was about it. <laughs> right. And uh, Athena is present as a character in both series, but she is not present from the first episode in uh, the remake. I did notice that there was There will Athena. be at some point. Noah Hathaway, the guy who played uh, Boxy. Also known for being in Ready for it, Joel. He was in Troll in 1986, and he was also in The NeverEnding Story. All things that suck. Oh. <laughs> he was a Treyu, dude. He's who? You are not telling me. Uh, oh, God. You, hey, please tell me you've seen NeverEnding yeah. Story. Yeah, I, Treyu? I, I hated that show. Even when I was a kid. When I saw it in the theater, and I was like, it, this, is, it, this is crap. <laughs> oh, dude. I know. <laughs> Why am I even surprised hey, Josh. anymore? <laughs> okay, I'm ignoring him now, Josh. For ten nerd points, what was what was his name in uh, I've Troll? I've never seen Troll. Sorry, sorry to let you down, buddy. What? No, I thought what? you were going to hit me up with some oh. of that sweet, uh, never-ending story trivia, and I, I was there from the, the Swamp of Sorrows to the Oracle. When his horse dies, that is one of the was, saddest okay, things ever. Here's your trivia. What was the worst part of that movie? All of it is the correct answer. <laughs> Did we lose Joel? Did Joel <laughs> sink sad. into the Swamp of Sorrows? Joel went away. Ah, oh, damn it. I've been muted. <laughs> there I am trying yeah. to throw my two cents, and I'm like, why are you, they ignoring we me? I was wondering why the show we took an upturn. turn. Every him. time you guys said never-ending story, I sang, <laughs> and I was I talked about how it was by Lamar. All right. And I uh, and I forgot to and I wanted to say who was from Kaja Gugu. And I forgot and I wanted to say that that movie was a total misnomer because when I went to see it, it actually stopped. Like after an hour and a half, it was over. Joel, what was his name in Troll? Nail Come Bog. on. Nailbog spelled backwards. You don't know Goblin. Harry, oh, wait, Harry Potter Jr. Harry Potter Jr. You know who else was in Troll? Harry yeah. Potter Jr. Julia Louis-Dreyfus. She danced around. Yes. Yes. Now we're talking about troll. That definitely tells you how good the thing that we watched was. Well, it's now we're talking in. about troll. Sonny Bono was in it <laughs> too. So there you go. He was too good for that movie. Bastard. So yes, Battlestar Galactica starring Lauren Green. <laughs> From Bonanza. I liked on a reminiscing type of liking. I yeah. liked it. And when, it was good. So It wasn't great. Going back, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. I would agree with that. I, I thought it was going to be a lot worse. I will say that his performance did seem better than a lot of the, like, wooden, I'm going to shout my lines in your general direction. <laughs> yeah. That's acting, dude. Like, like the woman that played the um, the blonde, Cassiopeia, was that her name? <laughs> Whatever her damn name was, the prostitute girl that... Oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yes. She was awful. <laughs> she was awful. She was just bad. She was bad. Athena was bad. Uh, yeah, Athena crying was just really pathetic. <laughs> I was remin- I was looking back fondly on this, and now I'm like, so you had Egyptian-type vessels and whatnot, ships, but they had names from like Greek mythology and and, and astrology and from Moby. Right. So, I mean, that. that was what the intro was talking about: how uh, cultures all kind of maybe came from somewhere else. 
So I think that's all we have to say about Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> ah, damn it. Did you know that the overriding theme of the whole thing is Mormonism? And yeah. knowing is half the battle. Oh, yeah. Yep. Council of Twelve. There, there's what? a whole lot of Mormon yeah. symbolism in this show, in the original dum, one. Dum, 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 dum. I don't remember what how the music that? goes in an episode of South Park where they have the Mormons. <laughs> You're just going to randomly just dum, dum, dum some stuff. <laughs> I can't remember at all what it sounds like, but I'm just going to say this. All I can remember is the lyrics to the song, and they go, dum, 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 dum. (laughs) Those aren't lyrics. They are, because they're saying dumb over and over again. Oh. Oh, they're saying dumb. I thought it was sound that sounded like And they are lyrics, like according to, you know, Crosby, Stills, and Nash, Simon and Garfunkel, and so on and so forth. And then there was the new Battlestar Galactic we're going to talk about after the break. Yes. And now is when you lay your bets, high or low. Will Joel remember to turn his mic back on? <laughs> I hope he does. All right, we'll <laughs> catch you guys yeah. there. Okay. All right, see you in a little bit. Cylons access the colony's defense mainframe 50,000 times. Baltar, Dr. Horrible, gets distracted by some curse. This guy is getting on my nerves. All right, before that kicks in, hello, everybody, we are back. Yeah, that was ex- unexpectedly spoiler-heavy, and I would not recommend you guys listen to it I too heard. closely. Yeah, I already was like, damn it. <laughs> I was playing with knobs, so I tried it. I didn't hear anything. So anyway, if you don't know, that was actually uh, the great Lukeski doing his uh, Battlestar Rhapsody, part of the Fump, the funny music project. So now we are on to 2004 Battlestar Galactica. This is where Josh gets his dander up. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, let's let's hear from people who aren't obsessed with it first. <laughs> okay, well, first let me give you the rundown. This is the uh, same plot as the first one. Uh, when an old enemy, the Cylons, resurface, this is actually takes place after the War of the Cylons, and obliterate the 12 colonies, the crew of the Age Galactica protects a small civilian fleet, the last of humanity, as they journey toward the fable 13th Colony of Earth. Starring uh, Edward James Olmos, Mary McDonnell, Jamie Bember. Who else we got on here? Uh, James Callis. Number six is Trisha Helfer. Katie Sacco. DJ Honeycutt. Katie Sacco. Mm-hmm. Mm. So. Although I got to admit, I I do like Trisha Helfer a little more. Not a big fan of Grace Park? No. Not a Mary McDonnell fan? I thought she was Dana Delaney at first, and I was excited. Then I realized it wasn't. What? Dana Delaney? <laughs> they don't even look... Yeah. Well, they're not even the same age. I don't know. Yeah, they are. They're very similar. They both have breasts. Well, that's true. <laughs> that's close enough. I... <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> it's like... You don't, so you don't this, uh, from that, do you? <laughs> yeah, I don't, know, I don't know. I don't know where to take it. I mean, seriously. This is it. The show's over, folks. Doesn't get better than this. How far did you guys get? I got through the pilot. Yeah, I watched the first two pilot episodes. Yep. I didn't I didn't want to get uh too far into it, mainly because I had to get up for work the next day. But um 
it, it wasn't initially it wasn't what I was expecting. I was expecting a retelling of the story, but the fact that it takes place after the initial battle of battle with the Cylons, which I, which I thought was pretty cool, which released them from having to do any real canon, I guess. Well, kind of. Yeah. Wait for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I did like how they tied it in because, you know, here they have the original Cylon in, in a glass case and they've got the one of the original ships and. I, I like a, that aspect. There's a very important phrase that will get repeated, and this is not really a spoiler. It's all of this has happened before, and all of it will happen again. Well, I thought you were going to say frack. Yeah, I was <laughs> going to say, so say we all, or whatever they say. Yeah, so, yeah, that, that thing. But just in response to the, the <laughs> fact that it's sort of a sequel to the original, and also sort of not. And Yeah, it seems like it was a... Well, I mean, it is a reboot, but I like, I just like the fact that it, it acknowledges the fact that something happened before all their, all that's going on. So kind of like the thing, the new thing. In this, the uh, paradox is directly addressed, and uh, resolving that paradox is one of the th- many sub-themes of the entire series. Well, I will just say that I was very impressed. Um, I've wanted to watch this series for a while because I'd heard really good things about it from a lot of different people. So, um, and that pilot was was just very very well done. I thought the story, the storyline, the special effects, the acting, uh, the writing, everything was just really good. And I'm going to watch the whole series. What? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I plan on watching the whole thing. Also, I do think that um, Starbuck in this one was ten times better than <laughs> just. She actually fought. She actually like piloted something, and you know, actually, there was there's a lot more depth to her character. On and the background, I mean, the fact that you first, as soon as you meet her, she's punching a superior officer in the face. <laughs> well, they knew they, they, they knew they couldn't write too well, too much, you know, detail for Dirk Benedict because he wouldn't have been able to carry it. But oh. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's make his background a lot simpler because you know he can't really handle too much. And he had a lot of negative things to say about the fact that they changed the gender of Starbuck. He was a pretty outspoken douchebag about the whole thing. <laughs> he seems like he'd be a douchebag. Him and Harlan Ellison sitting together and <laughs> complaining about things. Right. So l- let me give you some trivia on this. First off, Josh, I think you'll dig this. Edward James Olmos had a clause in his contract that no aliens or monsters would ever appear on the show. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm about to see some aliens myself. Not not the reaction I was looking for, but apparently one of the shows so, is about to take off. Yeah, he wanted to make sure that the story stayed focused on the drama that was going on with the human beings trying to survive. I didn't yeah. realize you guys were going to stop talking right then. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. And I do think that the show was improved for not involving broccoli heads. Well, broccoli heads and glowing green bug-eyed things. and Yeah. So. Okay, real quick, kind of, you guys are probably going to disagree with this, but this is a slight complaint I have about one thing. Okay, two things. Um, number one is the Cylon ships were basically just giant Cylons, like, flying around, like, just a head, which bugged me for some reason. And the other part was, at least I thought that's what they were, I never saw any piloting them, uh, was the way that they kept zooming in on things. Like, you've got a pair of binoculars, and you're looking at the action, and then you're like, zoop, like you're zooming in real fast. I don't know why it bugged me so much. And I don't think I noticed that. I th- I know what you're talking about, it was Joel, a- is the the camera work was very jerky. Yes. Well, and that's definitely a stylistic choice, to almost 
be like war correspondent. It's like, oh, we're way back. Oh, look, there's something interesting. Zoom the camera in. And I think that's the yeah. feel they were trying to evoke. Yeah, I thought that was a little bit. I mean, honestly, it was a little distracting, especially I forget what situation was where there was a conversation going on between two people and the camera kept jumping back and forth as they were talking. It was almost disorienting. Patrick, did you vom? No. No. Okay, so it wasn't as bad as I thought. So I mean, I know I noticed oh. they did like one long shot at, at the beginning, you know, where they were going back and forth between conversations, but that was Which, that I was mean, a continuous shot. That wasn't like a zooming in and out. No, no, Josh. When you describe it as that, as like a war correspondence type thing, it does make more sense that way. It does. It, it now that you you put it in that frame of reference versus to like the 1970s version where they're like, okay, we're putting the camera right here, so everyone remember that the camera is over here. And then eventually, you know, kind of look at the camera every now and then and that sort of thing. It did, it did make things more dynamic. But honestly, I think in, initially in the first, in the pilot, I thought it was a little distracting. Um, when it comes to the nature of the Cylon Raiders and what's inside them, the best I can say is wait for it. I mean, hoping that uh, I've captured three for three in my web and uh, all three of you are going to eventually watch the whole series. Oh, I'm I'm after I'm done with this, we're going to go back. I'm going to go back up there and watch more of it. Yeah. The decades of learning how to do a TV show has definitely shows between the two of them. You don't have the oh, my God, the earth, the, uh, all these planets have been destroyed. We're lost in space. We don't know what to do. Hey, look, a casino. You know? <laughs> yeah, that, that bothered me that that was never, ever explained. Why there was a casino on the yeah, original they never, one? They never explained that in the first one. I meant to, I meant yeah. to mention that. How, you know, how yeah. can they continuously pay out all this money and then you know, and, and then they 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 never explain anything about it, like what it's doing there. It just was weird. Yeah. Well, let's not roll back. But no, no. It, yeah. Well, I, I have a question. What did you guys think about the whole? It was very much designed again, going back to Josh's war correspondence jag that they were. In, it was very much styled after like a dogfight. The way the guns worked on the ships, the way they were firing, the way the bullets strafed, the way that they flew. It was yeah, very that, much like and, an old dogfight. That, fi- that final battle, there was a lot of dogfighting going on. Yeah, it was very exciting. Yeah, it was a very exciting I, battle that that they did that that last one. It really was. Yeah, and they did a great job of the of making space look real. Mm-hmm. I guess because I mean you can want because I mean, two things happen in this situation is one, nineteen seventy eight wasn't even a full decade that we had been to the moon. Sure, you know we didn't know a hell of a lot about space back in nineteen seventy eight. Fast forward. Moon. We've landed on the moon. Way to go, guys. <laughs> so, and then after the, you know, then we have so many de- also decades of knowing what's going on out there. The way the ships move with the little jets on the nose cone and adjusting itself around, I thought that detail was fantastic. Yeah, yeah the, it looked a lot more realistic, and it's, it's obvious that the special effects have gotten a lot better. Well, yeah. But. Did you also notice it was much quieter in space, like it would probably really be? Yeah, mm-hmm. well, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, the, oh. like, the explosions hardly even happened, and and like the 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 gunfire was very muted because that's probably what it would sound like. I did notice that. Yeah, they did, and that's versus and the the lasers and they the weapons that they use in this in the new one. In the old one, it seemed like even when they missed, the lasers hit something. Yeah, they exploded in front of the. They, yeah, yeah. In this one, it uh, the, again, but like you'd like you'd expect the physics in it are a lot more up-to-date. Sure. I mean, this, these were all deliberate choices to make sure that it was both distance from the original source material while paying respect to the concepts 
And also distancing itself from several decades of sci-fi in between. I gotta tell you though, as, as a just aside from the special effects, I'm very impressed with the the actor playing uh, Baltar. Uh, he's he's very very good, and that whole dynamic with him and and number six is really really interesting. I can't wait to watch that play out. Well, another thing we can talk about is the biggest difference between. This Battlestar Galactica in the 78 original, with the possible exception, as we've already mentioned, of no aliens, is the fact that the Cylons can now appear as humans. They could be anybody in the fleet. Mm-hmm. And that definitely did occur to me as, as soon as when you, when you find out that number six is actually the Cylon. And I'm sure, I mean, I don't want to spoil it for myself, but I'm sure the question does arise eventually within the series as who's a Cylon and who isn't. Yes, it is a major theme of the show. And in fact, uh, there is a board game based on the show where it's the same thing. is uh, You get to a spot in the board game, uh, it's cooperative, trying to get the ship through various jumps, various crises that the fleet has to endure. And... Uh, some of you might be Cylons, and you get to a point where loyalty is checked twice. At the beginning of the game, you might be a Cylon, and you don't even know it. Yeah, and I imagine that's got to play into something later in this series, too, like the psychological. Am, you know, People are yeah. thinking, right, am I a Cylon without knowing it? I want to ask you if that happens, Josh, but I don't want things yeah, getting don't spoiled it. either. Uh, that's, I'm yeah. going to go just that far and no further. I, I have to comment real quick that we talked about the acting in the first one. I, the acting in this is far, far superior. Yes. And I don't know whether, you know, 30 years down the road or whatever, when we watch this someday and we look back and we're like, Oh, Battlestar Galactic, I want to put that. I remember that was on into 2000s and we'll be like, wow, the acting in that was just terrible. But <laughs> right now it seems pretty, pretty good. I mean, when I saw the cliffhanger at the end of the first half and I was like, holy crap, did that just happen? And then they ended. I was like, wow, that was that actually a pretty intense moment. Like, yeah, I, I bought into it, you know, and that never really happened with the other the original three part series. Agreed. There were never any moments in the first one that, that hit me like they did in the second one. Oh, yeah. when, oh, when oh, the Cylon. What's her name? The blonde girl who uh, number six. Is that her? Yeah, that's yeah. Six. What she does to the baby. <clears throat> I, I literally my jaw hit the floor. Yeah, my that jaw was twisted. Hit the floor. I was like, mm-hmm. they did not just do that on. And even though they didn't show anything, it's like the hook and the scene on the girl on the hook and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You don't see anything, but your mind just does horrible things in your head. Oh. And, and yeah, and and that and the moment when they decided they were going to make the jump and leave all those people behind, and the moment when they you know leave the guy behind, not knowing he actually is a Cylon, you know, but they leave him behind. You know, all those moments were, were moments that just I kept buying in a little bit more. I'm like, oh, this. This is kind of one of those, you know, shows like a George R. R. Martin type of thing where they're willing to sacrifice people. Oh yeah, and it's, kind of, and it's you know, and I can get behind something like that because it, you know, it's a lot more, it's a lot more drama <laughs> that way to me than knowing that everybody is safe. Yeah, Dirk Benedict is definitely going to be on the next episode because right. he's Dirk Benedict. Yeah, you know what? What point I actually bought in for the drama, uh, Patrick, is when the um, when the Galactica got fired upon, when the first nuke hit the Galactica, and that whole section was on fire. Oh, yeah, and they had to cut off the section. They yeah. cut off the section and blew everybody into space. Yeah. And when the, when the head engineer came over, it was like 45 seconds to John Olmos. And Olmos was just like, let me just basically verbally bitch slapped yeah, him. Yeah, like, I would have done the same <laughs> thing, just like, you know. Yeah, do not question yeah, what's going go on. He's just post. like, all right, <laughs> yeah, you're done, go. And it was just like, holy shit, this is like, this is not the 19, like I said, again, not 1978 
oh, we've got our lasers, we're at war. Hey, a casino. This is, oh, my God. Hey, a monkey in a robot dog suit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why not? Why wouldn't you just want the monkey is what I want to know. I would rather just have the monkey. That's so sorry. He didn't know any better. Reverting again. Sorry. Talk yeah. a little bit about the cast here. Uh, post uh, Battlestar Galactica, a lot of other sci-fi TV shows decided that they wanted to make sure that some of these people continued to find work in the genre. Uh, Jamie Bamber and uh, Tamo Pennicott both appeared again on Joss Whedon's Dollhouse. Um James Callis, who plays Dr. Gaius Baltar, uh, showed up on uh, Eureka, I think it was. Yes. Uh, Aaron Douglas has had several roles in sci-fi since. Uh, Trisha Helfer has showed up on Burn Notice. Uh, I'm glad to see that some of the people sort of got their breakout roles. Uh, Candace McClure showed up on one of the Netflix original series, the one about the vampires. Katie Sackhoff is just on Riddick. Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, I think in this last <laughs> what in this last decade, yeah. what? No, it seems that sci-fi has gotten a lot more respect than it has in previous decades. Why is that though? The Matrix? I don't know. Is it the Matrix? I mean, think about. It. I mean, it seems like it wasn't until like the start of the two thousands where the sci-fi start stopped being. I think I think it's it the, was, the success of superhero movies. Honestly, it just opened right. everybody's mind to the fact that there could be more out there to enjoy than just you know things based on Earth. But the but the superhero movies. When did that first one start? I mean, what what are you saying is the first one? Is it the new Batman? Uh, I mean, Iron Man. Then you've got probably the first Iron Man. Huh? See, you mean uh, I think it's before that. I would say is so too, and I, I don't know. I almost think that uh, in some ways, Battlestar Galactica and Firefly in particular, brought the space opera from something that was just like dudes who go to conventions and wear weird uniforms and pointy ears Wait. to uh, oh. mainstream. I don't even... I, I, never, agree, I agree with I've that. I've never watched the show, but I, I always hear Babylon 5 thrown in with that. See, Babylon 5, I think, was still carrying over from the next generation TNG? style. Sure. Yeah. It was supposed to be a lot more drama-based, though, wasn't it? Babylon 5, rather than action. Sure. And it, it is still I mean, one I've of the... I've never seen it. I'm asking. It's still... At least the first four seasons are some of the most meticulously plotted out uh, work I've ever seen. Just the uh, way these uh, plot threads go, but... You know, I really think it was still sci-fi geeks that were into it. Yeah, I mean, because I wasn't, I mean, I was into, <laughs> I think in college, I was watching, you know, X-Files. I wasn't watching Babylon 5. I mean, Uki was. Mm-hmm. Remember every, was every week? He still is a TNG fanatic. And that's the thing. I never really was that hardcore into Star Trek. It seemed too much like the perfect, uh, the perfect setup. I mean, I enjoyed an sh- episode now and then that I thought were, you know, the quirky ones were usually involving them going into the uh, the holodeck. Yeah, going into the holodeck. Those have always been the episodes that I enjoyed the most. But it was always so clean, so perfect, so uh, so nice. The first time I saw, like we said, Firefly, dirty, gritty, space western, it was like, this is real. Sure. And maybe it was even before Firefly that uh, this kind of geek stuff started to go mainstream. You, you might even be able to pin it back to Buffy crossing over from just geek culture into pop culture. Mm, let's see. Buffy, I remember Buffy came out when I was living in Georgia. So that was 1980, 1996. Yeah, 1996 is when Buffy came out. And I don't know if... 
I'm trying to think of other shows that came out past that. Because that's the first time I could remember hearing more generic water cooler talk crossing over into the, oh, we've got all these werewolves and vampires doing badass stuff. And I think a big portion of the Buffy fan base probably went over to Joss Whedon stuff. And there's a pretty strong Whedon connection to Battlestar Galactica. A lot of the same actors have been used. Uh, I already mentioned Tamo Pennicut in the uh, Eliza Dushku uh, vehicle dollhouse, which only made it two seasons. Okay. Well, how does everybody feel about him going over to Star Trek then? Or was that no? That's J.J. Abrams. Never mind. Yeah, yeah. Scratch that question. I, I, I thought you meant Tamo Pennicut. <laughs> that would have been great news for me. Uh, one of my favorite panels at a C two E two that I went to was with him and Aliza Dushku, and uh, it was an entertaining hour and a half of them just interacting with the audience. Nice. Now, see, because I'm thinking of other uh, other sci-fis from, God, it sounds weird, turn of the century. We had Stargate. Mm-hmm. Started in 97 and made its way for a whole decade worth of, uh, worth of shows. Um, let's see. You know what show? New Duck. New Doctor Who didn't start until 2005, Joel. Right. You know what okay. show might have been the very first one to introduce the public and they uh, embraced sci-fi? It would probably be either either Quantum Leap or Twilight Zone. What? Just to introduce the concept of, like, you know, more than just what we see in front of us. You know, the idea of the, the, the prime idea of sci-fi to just, like, open your your mind to the... Are you... More oh, out. boy. You're talking about the the original sci original Twilight Zone or the remake Twilight the Zone? The original. Okay, because I was thinking there's that, and uh, I mean there's stuff like sliders. Sure, well, and before yeah. that, Lost in Space. Yeah, we're getting really far um, back now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we really are, but it seems like little by little, it. I mean, think of like uh, let's throw back all the way to the nine, you know, let's say 1950s when they had the sci-fi serials on. The, you know, the captain, it's almost another version of the Star Trek. I mean, everybody, everything's clean, everything's perfect. You didn't have this gritty, like you'd, like you'd say, almost real life type of science fiction until you crossed over into the 2000s when we got stuff like Battlestar Galactica, the new version, and we got are, Firefly. And that's Are we talking thing. just TV? Yeah. Okay. Just sticking with TV. So I was going to say Blade Runner was kind of what I always think of when I think of gritty sci-fi kind of see blade runner is also based off of a well loosely kind of loosely based off of a book um and it was a different genre of sci-fi i mean it 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 was a there was a movie and was based in this dirty world it was a very realistic world but i think if for a serial for to do a two-hour three-hour movie is a lot different than having to carry a television series over several seasons i mean because you've got the three acts of the movie that you have to get through but if you, you have the television show, you have three acts of an ep- episode that you have to get through for how long? And how long can you carry each of these plot lines moving along? Which is where Babylon 5 succeeded, because it had a beginning and middle and end from the time it was pitched. Sure. And anything else is kind of based on the strength of its characters, which brings us full circle back to Battlestar Galactica and a question I have for you three. And then I'll answer myself. From the uh, opening pilot... Did any of you guys identify with a particular favorite character yet? Mm. I don't like Starbuck enough yet to say like I want us. I, I mean, I want it to be like, yeah, I like Starbuck just because it's Starbuck, but that's not true. I don't. I mean, it. She's her character is very coarse, 
very and not really showing a reason to like her. I mean, you know, there's been tragedy in the past, but it doesn't seem like there. She's still got that brash arrogance to her. I really liked Boomer. Okay, so Mike Mike's pick is Boomer. Pat or Joel, you got a pick yet? Okay, um, I have to agree with the whole Starbucks. I think that's kind of where things are going to go eventually. Um, but I really liked uh, President Roslin. I, I think just the character and the position she's put in made for interesting storytelling, at least in the first two parts. You know, I don't know where it goes from there, but excellent, uh, Patrick. <laughs> um... I don't know if this reflects poorly on me, but I would have to say my favorite character so far would be uh, Gaius Baltar, because I just, I mean, he just, it's fascinating to me right now, you know, he's, and, and the acting, he's a hes a very good actor, so I'm kind of enthralled by, by him right now, just watching his performance. Well, but if I have, if I I have to pick a good guy, I, I, I would probably go with President Roslin. Interesting, because if uh, guy, liking Gaius Baltar is wrong, then I don't want to be right. <laughs> <laughs> subtly a uh, guy who uses his uh intelligence and charm to get by kind of smarmy kind of a coward at heart i I just always love that kind of character and and loves only himself yeah mm-hmm. oh yeah when and, when and, they were and, drawn and slowly, lots. Going into, slowly going insane he doesn't know what's going if he's got this chip in his head or not he doesn't know what's going on yeah Oh, when when they were drawing lots to get on that ship, and that old lady was like, I'm not sure what this says. And I was just like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Um, if I had to pick a good guy, though, going by what Pat said, I'd probably go with Saltai. Saltai, I gotta look up the picture. I'm not Colonel Ty. Guy got punched. Oh, okay. He's, okay, you know what? You bring up, he's another one. Yeah, the XO. Yeah, he's, again, he kind of accepts the fact that nobody likes him. <laughs> He's and he he's come to terms with that people are gonna he's gonna piss people off all over, but again at that same scene I was talking about where he they blew everybody out of the airlock. That's where I started. I gained respect for him because he's not just gonna be the drunken you know see he's not gonna be the drunken XO. He's not the uh, I don't want to say um, the foil, but I mean you have that guy screw stuff up. I was hoping that they wouldn't do that with him, with him with the alcoholism and all that. Or, or but he's not the curmudgeon with the heart of gold either, you know. No, no, he may. I mean, in that situation where he's like blow him out the airlock, he makes that hard, cold choice to kill seventy-five people on the ship to save the rest of the ship. Eighty-five. Show respect. Eight. <laughs> uh, that's it. We got an airlock, not- Mike. Uh, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, no, that I mean the the characters as a whole. I mean, I and I'm only saying Boomer right now because I'm not sure one if there's going to be a, uh, a Game of Thrones situation where it's like don't like anybody because they're going to blow up eventually. Careful, I'm, not, I'm still working on one more episode of the first season. Oh man. Oh, I've never made it past the first season. I'm just so looking forward to you guys uh, plowing your way through the rest of the series because it is yeah. such a favorite oh, of mine, God. and yeah. I will probably be checking back throughout the coming weeks and months to ask some of these. So, who's your favorite now? What'd you think about blah? <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I just bought the third season on Blu-ray, and I can't wait to watch it again. All right. Well, I'm like I said, I'm up, honestly, if you if you said, hey, let's watch Battlestar Galactica and put either season on either our. Uh, the original or this on, I'd be happy with both. So, Joel, are we at a clean sweep, three for three? I, I've heard the other guys say they're going to finish. I I don't know if I'll finish as quickly as the rest of you guys do, because I like to take things slow, but I, 
I got other things <laughs> I'm watching right now, but eventually, yeah, I am curious to see the rest of it. Awesome. That's good enough for me. All right. <laughs> All right. So let's recap here. Original Battlestar Galactica. Let's go thumbs up, thumbs down. Josh. Uh, thumbs up. I mean, despite some weak acting, uh, I loved seeing the themes that I was already familiar with from the reboot in their original form and was surprised by how good the effects were in the budget. Joel? Uh, the original? Yeah. I'm a fan. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Thumbs up. Absolutely. It, it held up to me as much as I, as when I was a kid. Very cool. Patrick? Uh, you know what? I'm, I was kind of on the fence whether I was going thumbs up or thumbs down, but I would, I, I, I'll give it a begrudging thumbs up. It barely begrudging made the cut. thumbs up? It barely made the cut. It's pretty much like a thumb sideways. What? But it's like a little, <laughs> it's only a little bit up. Oh. Story of my life. Yeah. <laughs> you're, th- you're, you and the sideways thumb. Okay. You, Mike? I'm, I'm thumbs up on it. I'm, and it's a, and it's not a, oh my god, this is awesome thumbs up. This is a, I remember this. This isn't isn't as good as I remember it being because when you're eight and watching it versus now, but you're like, it's a thumbs up of, wow, this is cheesy, but still good, still enjoyable. All right. Now, new one. I'm just going to say thumbs up on mine. I know Josh is a thumbs up. Joel. I'm going to have to go thumbs up, too. Definite thumbs up from me as well. Yeah. And I'm an All overwhelming right. thumbs up until uh, you get to the C series finale, in which case the thumb starts to turn a little more. Don't. <laughs> you keep your thumbs to yourself. Yeah. We don't want to hear your future thumb. <laughs> so that brings up to the close of another show. There's a little chat on the uh, first two, the first and the uh, remake of the Battlestar Galactica and a uh, voicemail from uh, Killer Wilba. And uh, also like to let you guys know, guess what we're doing next week? Uh, <laughs> no, I'm not going to go there. Are you going to guess, Joel? Because you were, you were there when we were talking Richard about Gere. it. <laughs> Richard Gere. That is correct. We're doing the Richard Gear show. No, 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 so warm up the hamsters. And... No, no, we're not. Strike no, up we're the not. band. <laughs> Let's put Pretty Woman in. <laughs> so, no, we are, we are actually doing board games. Games of our youth and games are right now. And uh, hopefully we'll get to hear Josh go off on a rant. We will. Which, uh, not all but Gary. I'm going to make sure that happens. So don't. Yeah. <laughs> He's already got his Cause pick. If, <laughs> yeah, because I'll tell you right now, if there's any anything that this group of guys is uh, passionate about, it's uh, board games and gaming. Get ready for next week when we do the board game show. If you want to contact us and let us know about any some cool ideas that you might have, remember you can get to us on uh, 40go14 at gmail.com. You can also talk to us on uh, Facebook. You can put us on there, and uh, we have some conversation going on there and some pictures and things that we're doing and that sort of thing. Also, you can go to where, Josh? You can find new episodes of the show on TalkShoe, Stitcher, iTunes, Blueberry, and other fine podcasting directories. What if they want to talk to us? If they want to talk to us, they would uh, dial 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. He's correct. Booyah. <laughs> I <didn't> that <laughs> and, oh, shit, and the bumper was screwed up at the beginning. I thought we had a good show. Yeah, I, <laughs> I didn't screw that up once. <laughs> that was awesome. But definitely get in touch with us if you have any ideas or comments or just want to say hello. We, we appreciate any and all input. Even if Mike may <laughs> mock you for giving us input that he doesn't approve of, saying that we're mediocre. Adequate. 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 <laughs> so I'm Mike. You guys have a good night. I'm Pat. Guys? I'm Joel. I'm Josh. Thanks for listening. Bears. Beats.
Alliance, Battlestar Galactica. Got to do thumbs up, thumbs down, whatever. Well, we just do it now. (laughs) Well, you know, I think that our various opinions on it were pretty well, without just like giving a review, everyone could get our various feelings on it. Patrick had the most negative opinion, and uh, everyone else kind of liked it, but had some reservations. I still honestly don't know if I would give it a thumbs down. It was bad. It was bad, but I mean, it was was what it should be for its time. (laughs) Yeah, that's the thing. If you you have to steep it in the this is in 1978, you know this is you can't I mean, go. Oh, here's this old you know, this TV People show. Still knew how to act. <laughs> should have spent some yeah, of that million on acting. Orin should have just taken the guys aside during the breaks, been like, "This is how <laughs> you emote." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> here, take my eyebrow. Maybe it'll help. It's dangerous to go alone. Take this. <laughs> Sydney Poitier. I don't need it. I'm not afraid. <laughs> Sydney Poitier, like, was a sponge for all of the acting for like two decades. <laughs> Guess who's coming? Uh, <laughs> uh, I thought it was fun. Yeah, I did too. I laughed. Sydney Poitier, on your face. <laughs> I'm gonna go get another beer. On that note. And on this all note. Right. <laughs>